Welcome to This Wayfaring Life, where we celebrate coming fully alive to the adventure of following Jesus. I'm your host, Dawn Jackson. Each week, we lean into stories and conversations of faith and hope seasoned with just enough grit to give you traction. I'm glad you're here. Hey, friends, welcome back to This Wayfaring Life. And I just want you to know I am loving hanging out with you on this podcast. And thank you so much for all the encouragement that you've given to me, the feedback. I really, really appreciate it. And uh, I'm just excited for where this is all going. And you know, it's when this is being, uh, while I'm recording here, it's October, and which is my favorite time of the year. I love fall. In fact, yesterday, I was out running with um, some friends of mine in the Glendora South Hills, and we had to have a dark start because it's dark in the mornings right now. So we started at six, and we have headlamps. And by the time we had climbed to the top of where we go in the South Hills, and we were going along the trail, it was starting to get light. And my friends are all fast, and they're about 25 yards ahead of me. And I, I round this corner, and the feel of fall is in the air. It's cool. It's crisp. The sun is just starting to come up. There are the most beautiful sunrises and sunsets this time of year. But as I round this corner and I look up and I see my friends already climbing this hill and right above them, all of a sudden there was this big comet like that just blazed through the sky. And it was one of those things that almost like took my breath away. It was so beautiful. Just the, the scene of it all. It was just so incredible. So I just, I don't know, that has nothing to do with what we're going to talk about today, but it's on my mind because the beauty was just incredible at this time of year. Like I said, it's my favorite. And uh, today we're going to be talking about and actually breathing some oxygen into your soul. And we will get to that here in just a moment. And I want to start out, of course, with our shout out. But in this particular shout out for this week, I'm going to take over the shout out and I'm going to make it personal. And the reason for that is that I want to give a shout out to something that I'm doing with my friends, Wit and Hill. And you may have seen it. I've been posting it on IG and all of that. But um, we have put together a workshop that we are doing live at a coffee shop called Namba, Namba Coffee. It's in Laverne. So a shout out to them. I'll definitely put the link to that coffee shop into the show notes. It's an incredible coffee shop across the street from uh, the University of Laverne. And we are going to be there on Thursday night, November 9th. It's a ticketed event. And uh, this event is a workshop. And basically it's called this, it's called Living by Design. And this is a faith-based holistic workshop to break up with fear. And so we're going to spend the evening really talking with those that are there in this workshop about how do we actually break up with fear. You Come on, we've all had our struggles with fear. Fear immobilizes us. It isolates us. It steals our creative energy. And it's time to break it off, break it off of our lives. And so we're going to spend the evening talking about that, giving some practical tools for that as well. And just a little bit of background on my friends. I mean, y'all know me already, um, you know, as a life coach and I've been a, and a leadership coach and um, I've been a pastor for over 30 years and, and all of that in my background. Well, with my friends, Hillary, Hillary is a certified, certified integrative health coach. She's also a personal trainer and she has her own business. It's called Be Well by Design. And um, she has overcome self-hatred and body shame that led to an extreme eating disorder. So she'll share a little bit about that when we are at this, when we're doing this uh, workshop and about just, and then she's also really just going to um, champion um, how to feel good in your body. And um, it's going to be powerful. 
And then Whit, a lot of you know Whit, uh, Whitney Wood. She's a worship leader. In fact, that's how I met her. We were on staff, both of us over at Faith back in the day. And um, she leads worship in various churches and is amazing. She's also a health and wellness coach. She's And she's trained in pain reprocessing therapy. And she has experienced healing from a 10-year battle with chronic pain. And so she's dedicated to helping people reclaim their life back from chronic pain. So she'll be sharing on some of her story and also giving practical tools and tips there as well. So it's going to be an incredible evening. It's going to be at Namba Coffee Shop, but you got to buy tickets ahead of time. And there are limited tickets. There's only so many. So you're going to want to go on and go ahead and get registered. I'll make sure to put the link in the show notes. And I also, um, I have got it also there on my IG account and also with Facebook. So, and you'll see me posting on that as well as the other two posting about that as well. We're super excited to do this. Now, um, today, like I said, we, we're going to breathe some, um, oxygen into your soul. If you've been around like leadership for a while, whether you've ever, whether you currently lead or if you've ever read any leadership books, you've probably heard of John Maxwell. And one of his quotes is encouragement is oxygen is, is the oxygen of the soul. Encouragement is the oxygen of the soul. I feel like that is so true, right? I mean, not about sure about you, but sometimes I just get weary, but like a timely word of encouragement can change everything. And we want to talk, actually, what I want to do is I want to do story time with you today. All right. So oftentimes these episodes are under like an umbrella of story time because I love stories. I love hearing stories. I love telling stories. I think stories resonate. And as I was last week, um, putting together the shout out for A21's Walk for Freedom, which is this Saturday coming up, by the way, um, I was, began to reflect on just some, just amazing memories that I had um, of training for marathons for A21 when we were raising funds for that. And one of those memories just came up and I just really want to share that with you today because I really believe it gives you a picture of the father's heart towards you. And I believe it's a now word for you today. Now, let me give you just a little bit of background in case you missed last week's, um, episode. So, um, A21 is just an incredible global organization and they're all about abolishing slavery everywhere forever. And so they are into human trafficking awareness so that people are aware of what's going on. They put out resources in schools so that young people can be aware. They also are involved when uh, trafficked victims get rescued. They are a part of then taking them in and bringing restoration to their lives. And it's just an incredible organization. And like I said, Walk for Freedom, that's said so it's always the Saturday, second Saturday of October. So when this episode drops, um, it's going to be, if you're listening as, as it's dropping that second week of October, it's this Saturday. I'll make sure there's a link in the show notes so you can look it up as well. If you'd like to find a walk that's by you and participate, I highly encourage it. My plan is to go down and do the Orange County walk, um, with some friends down there. But, um, back in 2007, I had run my first marathon 
And um, I, I basically got like 13 of my friends to run a marathon with me and they trusted me to train them to do the LA marathon. I do not have a running background. Like I was an athlete in high school and I played some uh, sports as well in community college level and everything. So I'm all right, but I was not in track. I was not in cross country, but we just decided to run a marathon. So what I did is I went and I got this book, Marathon, You Can Do It. And by a guy by the last name of Galloway. And we did this run, walk training. And my friends trusted me. They just did whatever I told them to do to train. And so we trained for like six months. Everybody finished the LA Marathon that year. And it was really, really cool. So I just come off from that. And I had been um, at a conference that Chris and Nick Kane were at. And uh, at a lunch afterwards, they were sharing of what she they had seen in the airport with these women and children who were missing and then finding out these were victims of trafficking. And so she had shared all of this and they were launching, getting ready to launch A21. So I remember thinking, wouldn't it be cool if as a church, we put together three or put together a team of people that would want to be trained to run the marathon. And then if we combined it with marathon, um, well, if we combined it with awareness of what human trafficking is, and then also the opportunity to raise funds for A21, wouldn't that be super cool? And so that's what we did. And so this was the very first year and I'd put the call out to the church and literally hundreds, a couple hundred people showed up to the very first week. Now they did not all finish the training and do the marathon, but I'm not even kidding. And, and if you are listening and you were one of them, you know, you know, I'm not lying. We had a couple hundred people show up that first week at the church. We just had like this three mile run we were doing and we were casting vision for it. And there was all these people and all this excitement. Well, what I had done in the, in the Valley area is I had put together various training locations so that people could train close to their homes and also be in community with other people from the church. So there was a training location in Glendora. There was one over in Duarte. There was one down off the 605 somewhere. I'm not exactly sure where that one met. There was one in West Covina. I think there may have been something in San Dimas. Anyway, we had these locations and people went to whichever one was the closest and that's where they would do their long runs on Saturdays. But every three or four weeks, I would bring, the plan was to bring everybody together to go to Benelli Park, which is, if you're not familiar with our area, it's a big county park. It's got a lake and there's a lot of room and we would meet there at 7 a.m. on a Saturday morning to run and do our run together. Then you could see everybody. It'd be like one big group run. And so I planned the first one, was super excited about it. And, um, you know what? I, I decided, you know, I'm not going to ask for permission at Benelli Park to do this. I mean, everybody's going to pay. It's 7 a.m. in the morning, first of all. Hardly anybody's out there. Everyone's going to pay to park, you know? So we'll just let everybody just come in and we'll just see what happens. Well, you know, you get a couple hundred people descending on Benelli Park at 7 a.m. in the morning. There's nowhere to hide if anyone is looking for you. And so there is this massive group of people. It was amazing. And so we're meeting there in this area called Picnic Valley. I'm standing on top of a picnic table so I can be heard. I'm giving everybody direction on what they're going to do. We're going to run around the lake and Brackett Airport, which is right next door. It's a seven-mile run that day. And everybody's going to do their own pace. You know, we're praying, we're cheering, we're excited about what we're going to be doing for A21. So this is awesome. So we say, all right, let's go. And so we go to go. 
And everybody's, you know, heading off onto these different pathways through the park. And it looked amazing <laughs> to see all these people just running and walking. And as I'm going to go run, all of a sudden I look up and I see a park police officer pulling in and looking at us all. And I'm like, oh, no. Right? I mean, I had this assumption that he's going to shut us down. Now, please understand, um, I had the highest respect for police personnel. My best friend is retired from the sheriff's department and everything. But like in that moment, I, I was like, oh, man, he's probably going to try to shut us down. I don't have permits. He's going to want to know who's in charge. So <laughs> I did not go and run to him to see what questions he had. And I wasn't running away from him. I just started my run, right? I just sort of got on the path and I'm just going to run and just sort of see what happens. And so while I'm running, other people in the group, they, he's sort of calling them over to ask what's going on and they're going over to, to his car and I just see them over there and I just am like oh man so I just keep running because I figure well if they really need me they'll call me over but nobody does and so I get to this area where there's actually your past where anybody can drive and you go into this section where you're going to go over a few hills and you're eventually going to end up in a trailer park and then you're going to start around the airport. And so there's no area where anyone's going to drive in that area. And so when I get up there, I wait for some of those people who had gone over to his car and I said, Hey, you know, what, what, what did he want? And they said, Oh, he was just asking what we were all doing out here. So what would you tell him? So we, we told him, we told him all about a 21. We told him all about this run. I'm like, okay. So I'm like, all right, maybe we're cool. I, I don't know. So I get back to running and I'm going in through that area by the trailer park. And as I come out and I'm now going to be running on a road again, that's going to be right alongside Brackett airport. I look ahead of me and I see the park police officer turning the corner in his car and he's driving towards us. And I'm just like, oh man, yeah. Here he is. He's coming for us again. Maybe he radioed something in like he's going to stop us. I'm going to be embarrassed. I feel so bad for pulling everybody out this early. So I just held my breath in a sense and I chose to not flag him down to see what he wanted. I just kept running friends. Yeah. That's the level of uh, maturity that I had there. I just like, I don't know. I mean, you know, if, if he's looking for who's in charge, he's going to ask somebody and they're going to point me out. But until that happens, I'm just going to keep running and maybe we can get this run in here today. So I just keep going. And so, um, that though was when he got on his radio. All right. So he's in his car, he's driven towards us and it's like this dead end where he's going to have to turn around. He's gotten to the turnaround part to begin to drive back out. He's got his windows down, but he also has his radio out and he's turned on his loudspeaker so that he can say something to all of us over the loudspeaker. And here's what he began to do. And now he's amplifying this, mind you, in open space, all right? There's not a lot of homes over there, but there's golfers because there's a golf course right there. There's fishermen at the lake. There's runners and hikers and cyclists. There's people at the airport. And eventually there's some homes. So he literally starts driving in his car alongside all of us on his radio, going through his speakers, shouting out, you're doing great, Faith Community Church. You're doing great. And we all just, oh my gosh. 
He, he was, he would drive all alongside cheering us on. He became the greatest champion. He didn't just stay with us on that road by the airport. When we turned on to Fairplex, he did the same thing on Fairplex. And then we made the turn onto Puddingstone Drive, which is just north of Benelli. We were going to have to run there until we could get back into the park. He was right alongside us. He was cheering us the encour- and encouraging us the entire way. It was amazing. It was beautiful. And people in their homes were probably like, what the heck? Golfers were like, what? Because it was just this big booming voice coming out of nowhere, but giving us so much encouragement. Do you know what happens when you get a little bit of encouragement when, uh, especially when you're tired? I mean, come on now. We were about halfway into the run at that point. So we'd run about three miles, maybe four and you're tired and you're just like, uh, and we were just starting in our training program. We'd only been going a couple of, a couple of weeks But when someone, when something like that happens, where it's amplified, I'll tell you what, you lift your head up a little bit higher, you run a little taller, you pick up your stride, you might even put a smile on your face. Everybody was laughing and smiling and giving each other high fives. They were running a little better, maybe even even a little faster because encouragement does that encouragement is oxygen to our soul. You know that that police officer showed up quite often at our trainings there at Benelli and he became one of our biggest supporter. And as I, as I would would reflect on that experience, I really sensed the Lord say, Hey, Don, that word that you heard there, you're doing great church. You're doing great. You know what, Don, that's my word for the people. And I just really, really sensed that God wanted all of them to know how proud he was of what they were doing and what they, how they were bringing awareness to such a horrible thing. And they were raising funds to fight against it. And they were out there building community with each other while they also were getting a little fitness time in running around the park. But I also sense in this podcast that that's his word for all of us here today. It's his word for you. It's his word for me. You're doing great. You're doing great. And maybe you're like, you know what, but Don, if you take it out of the running world, but you talk about it, there's like in your own personal life, you, you might use still um, some of the, you know, the talk of running and thinking like, hey, you know what, sometimes I fall down, Don, and I get scraped up. And I just want to tell you this. The Lord says to you, you know what, it's okay. It's okay. He wants to pick you back up. He wants to dust you off. You can move on. You might tell the Lord, hey, God, but I just feel so sluggish right now. And he just looks at you and he says, it's all right. You're moving forward. You might look around and say, hey, but I'm not as fast as everybody else. And his response to you is, it's okay. This is not a competition. We all start in different places in our life. We're in different situations. We all have different things we've had to overcome. We are not competing against one another. You are doing great. Sometimes you might look at the Lord and say, but God, I just sometimes feel like I need to walk. And he says, that's okay because you're making progress. My friends, you are doing great. You're wayfarers. You're leaning in. You're hungry and passionate about following the Lord. And sometimes it gets hard, but you know what? You are doing great. And you're also not alone. You know, I love this passage out of Hebrews chapter 11, verse one, 
where it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run our race with perseverance, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. My friends, I think about that and I think about how we are not alone and I can't prove this. Okay. Um, but oftentimes when I read that scripture, I picture this, cr- the crowd of witnesses mentioned in that passage. And, and I don't know, like, I know that crowd of witnesses, what he's referring to is what you read in, uh, actually that's Hebrews 12, one, not Hebrews 11, one. And he's referring to the crowd of witnesses that are listed in Hebrews 11. It's all these, it's like the hall of faith chapter, all of these people who have gone before us, who kept the faith to the end, who ran their leg of the race all the way through and then handed the baton on to the next generation. And some of them had incredible victories and some of them, their victory actually came on the other side after they died because they died on behalf of their faith, but they have their victory in Christ. And there's all these stories that are told and they all did their part. And we are surrounded by the generations of those who have gone before us. Now, whether or not those people actually, this is what I can't prove is that I don't know if they are conscious in the sense of like knowing what specifically is going on in our world today, but oftentimes I will picture them almost like grandstands of all the, like the biblical folk, but also the people that are personally important to me that, that have already stepped into eternity. I think of my parents who are, both of them have gone on to be with the Lord and my grandparents. And I see them in this cloud, um, of witnesses cheering me on because they finished their leg of the race. And now they're like, come on, Don, come on, keep going, keep going. You got this run your leg, run your leg. And we've got them cheering us on like crazy. Now at the same time as well, We've got God cheering us on and we've got each other and we're not alone out here. In fact, our father, he cheers us on. He's like, Hey, you know what? Like I said earlier, like he's like that police officer. You're doing great. Maybe he's looking down and saying, come on now, keep trusting me. You can take that step. He's looking at you and he's saying, I see you. I've chosen you. I'm with you. I will supernaturally empower you. Come on now. I got you. You can run strong. You can stay focused. You got this. Keep going. You're doing great. We've been leaning into this series of a call to risky living. And it can get challenging. But my friends, you're doing great. It can get steep. You know, I do a lot of my stuff out on trails. And there are some steep climbs. And that hurts. And sometimes like I've been out there in the rain and the mud and it's slippery and it's dirty and it's hard. But here's the thing in the midst of even the hard, we need to remember that you and I don't see the whole picture like God does. He sees, he sees the whole perspective and he's going to bring purpose out of the situation you find yourself in. And he has a plan and he's given us promises that he intends to keep. And we have a good father and he is so encouraging. So even if you're in a tough season right now, I want you to know he loves you. He's proud of you. He rejoices when you take a step of faith. He hollers when you believe his word and you act on it. He high fives you when you're living and making decisions in accordance and alignment with your faith. And my friends, you're also not alone on the track itself because not only do we have that cloud and 
of witnesses, all right, and God our Father, but we've also got each other. Those of us that are currently running the race, we're running the race right alongside each other, a community, a community of wayfarers, people who are passionately on the heels of our Savior, the one who knows the way, living in his shadow. And I think one of the most important things we can be for one another during these times is a community that is encouraging and the community that champions each other. We don't compete against each other. We champion each other. We support each other. We encourage each other. We help each other when we fall down. We're right there with each other. And we're always whispering and sometimes shouting into one another's ear, you're doing great. You got this. You're doing great. You're doing great, friends. Keep pressing in. Keep pressing on. It's worth it. Let's go. Thank you for joining me today on This Wayfaring Life. If you'd like more information on coaching with me, head over to thiswayfaringlife.net where I offer growth coaching for life, leadership, and spiritual formation. See you next time.